it was a tough outing for Drew Rom. But did we just get confirmation that the Cardinals won the Jack Flaherty trade anyway? Coming up on B Shafe Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here in the evening hours of Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Tonight, the Cardinals took on the Brewers in Game 2 of that series at Bush Stadium. This one did not go the Redbirds' way after the exciting win on Monday with Adam Wainwright getting career win number 200. Tuesday's game going the way of the Milwaukee Brewers 7-3 in a game started by Drew Rahm. Drew Rahm, of course, the left-handed pitcher that the Cardinals got as part of that Jack Flaherty trade with the Baltimore Orioles. We saw Rahm look really good in his last time out when he faced that same Baltimore team. This time, not as strong, allowing five earned runs and three and a third innings pitched. However, on the same night that Drew Rahm had some of those struggles, seeing his season ERA for St. Louis balloon to 6.92, you could make the case that the Cardinals got confirmation that they won the trade that sent Jack Flaherty to the Baltimore Orioles. I will explain tonight what I mean by that in this episode of B-Shape Daily and update you on what's going on with that situation. We'll also talk a little Richie Palacios as he had another home run for the Cardinals tonight, continuing to make his claim toward a roster spot in 2024. But before we get into the content of the show, I want to remind you real quick to subscribe to B-Shape Daily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. B-Shape Daily can probably be found there. And you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at bshafer12. It's the same handle as my Twitter handle. Make sure to hit that subscribe button as well on the YouTube channel if you enjoy Daily Cardinals content. I bring it to you here almost every day on the B-Shafe Daily feed and on Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer, YouTube channel. I'm a Cardinals writer for KMOV. You can go to kmov.com slash sports and find my article from Monday night breaking down all things Adam Wainwright with win number 200. Would love for you to check out my work over there in addition to all the audio, video, podcasting, etc. that we do. Also do a radio show in Columbia, Missouri on KTGR. You can listen to that, ktgr.com, weekdays from 4 to 6, talking Cardinals baseball, Mizzou football, Chiefs football. All Missouri sports essentially is on tap on the KTGR Big Show. Thank you guys for hopping in with me this evening. Let's go ahead and talk about how the Cardinals may have gotten confirmation tonight, despite the rough outing by Drew Rahm, that they won the Jack Flaherty trade. Now, how might that be possible? Well, this comes as the Orioles inform Jack Flaherty that he will shift to the bullpen for the remainder of the 2023 season, as his performance since going to the Baltimore Orioles has not necessarily lived up to the billing of what Baltimore was hoping they would get from him when they made that trade at the deadline with the Cardinals. Remember, they sent Drew Rahm the left-handed pitcher who had some experience in the minors, upper levels of the minors with a solid strikeout rate, a left-handed arm that doesn't necessarily throw hard, uh, hard relative to some of the fireballers of today's age. It's not like he's upper 90s, but low to mid for Drew Rom, but kind of a little bit of a funk to his delivery that allows his strikeout rate to be pretty solid. Didn't see a ton of that necessarily on Tuesday night with Rom striking out only three and three and a third innings, although he did have two of those strikeouts within inning number one, but a solid arm that could potentially have a major league future. We'll see, still kind of working out the kinks, but the Cardinals are at least getting the opportunity to see him right now. And obviously with Drew Rahm, you've got infinite years of team control, whereas with Jack Flaherty 
in that spot in your rotation. You only had a couple of months remaining of team control. And so the Cardinals no longer part of the playoff mix. They were actually eliminated officially from playoff consideration today. The Cardinals said, okay, we have to part with this expiring asset and get what we can for him. Drew Rahm was part of that trade. Cesar Prieto was part of that trade. The uh, utility infielder who has a nice contact-oriented bat to him. Not a ton of power. And Prieto's numbers with Memphis have not been all too strong compared to what they were with AAA Norfolk uh, before the Cardinals picked him up. But Prieto definitely has a solid future, I think, as a uh, bench bat, utility bat at a major league level. So we'll see what ends up becoming of him. And then Zach Showalter, I think, is another young pitcher in the lower levels of the minors that the Cardinals picked up in that deal. May have even more of a high upside. We talked about how he was a later-round draft pick. I want to say 11th round. And you would think, okay, that's probably not too encouraging about his future. But the reality is he was somebody signed to play collegiate baseball, maybe was not exactly expected to sign with the major league team that drafted him. But the Orioles went way above slot value to get him to sign as a later-round draft pick which prioritizes him as a as a high school, as a prep pitcher coming directly to a major league organization, going into their minor league system and growing from there. Zach Showalter, I think he's dealt with a little bit of injuries this year, but certainly a pitcher that has some potential upside and some helium that could go to his name as the Cardinals usher him through the system. So you got three players for basically two months of Jack Flaherty, and what the Orioles have gotten from their two months of Jack Flaherty has unfortunately just not lived up to the billing. A 7.11 ERA for Flaherty in seven starts with Baltimore over 31 and two-thirds innings. It's been a rough go. He struck out 38 batters, which uh, could potentially mean the Orioles see something in him where the high strikeout rate could translate to the bullpen. It's not really something the Cardinals ever toyed too much with. We saw it a little bit with Jack Flaherty in times where he was coming off of injury, trying to maybe make his way back, but it's just not something the Cardinals did all too often. I'm not sure how it's going to go with the Baltimore Orioles, but for Flaherty, honestly, it might be the best opportunity that he has to make that postseason roster. And I'm hoping for Jack Flaherty to make the most of his opportunity in the bullpen, but for a Baltimore team that is right in the thick of a playoff chase, uh, I believe there's still a couple of games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. They just need all hands on deck. And so we'll see how Jack can adapt to that role. I would love to see him pitch in the postseason. I know there are Cardinals fans who might be hearing this news and saying, oh, good riddance. Uh, kind of uh, basking in the shade and Freud of it all. That's not where I stand. Uh, definitely a root for Jack Flaherty. I, I think he is a good kid and uh, a guy that we'd like to see do well, regardless of what team he's on. I know, like I said, that all Cardinals fans may not feel that way, but I don't think that's the attitude you necessarily need to have. Uh, but the attitude that you can have is to look at it and say, regardless almost of what the Cardinals get of any of these one individual players that they picked up in the uh, three-for-one deal for Jack Flaherty, it's hard to argue that the Cardinals didn't win that trade because for a team that was just eliminated from postseason contention today, the Cardinals truly did have no use for him. And you could have made the case that, well, they should have looked to re-sign him on a long-term deal. With the way he's performing right now in Baltimore, what kind of contract on a multi-year deal would you have looked for the Cardinals to give to Jack Flaherty? Because now his season ERA is up over five at 5.03 in 141 innings pitched. I don't know what that's going to do to his free agent value, but I, I guess it's going to take a bit of a hit. I don't know what is going to end up happening there, uh, whether he signs a pillow contract on a one-year deal to try and rebuild value sort of remains to be seen. Hopefully, it is not a health-related concern that is causing these issues for Jack Flaherty, but it's hard to argue against the return that the Cardinals got. I know that right now, you're not getting great performances from Drew Rahm, 
who's got a 6.92 ERA in about 25 innings with St. Louis. That's better than what Jack Flaherty has been for the Orioles in almost an identical workload. Could make the case a little bit that Rom was rushed to the big leagues here, and the Cardinals, I think, had no reason not to give him a shot with all of the attrition they have experienced to their rotation late in the season. See what Drew Rahm is made of, and maybe you can learn something for next year. I don't think you have learned anything that tells you, oh, we have Drew Rahm. We don't need to go out and get three starters like we thought we did. No, you're still going to approach the offseason the same way, but it's good to be informed and get your eyes on one of the guys that will be competing for a depth role, an organizational role, as it pertains to that pitching staff next year. He could very well be uh, one of the, the top couple of arms at Memphis that would then be the next man up if the Cardinals should need somebody due to injury, attrition, whatever the case may be. So getting your eyes on Drew Rahm, I don't think has necessarily been a bad thing by any means. And like I said, his numbers are about matching what Jack Flaherty has done, which isn't to say that Jack would have had the identical performance with the Cardinals. But let's say Jack Flaherty goes on the Bob Gibson-like tear that he had uh, the second half of 2019 had he stayed in St. Louis. Even that would not have put the Cardinals into the playoff mix. So getting long-term assets for Flaherty, I think, was the best thing that John Mozeliak could do at the time. And that's what he did. So we talk a little bit about Drew Rom. Let's dive in more on the other players that the Cardinals got back to make that evaluation on whether or not we can say with some definition that they won the trade. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Cesar Prieto had some great numbers with AAA Norfolk, uh, or pardon me, had some great numbers to start the season with Bowie in AA with Baltimore, then gets called up to AAA and had some pretty strong numbers still, a 317 average and an 836 OPS. He had a AAA with Norfolk this year. Comes to Memphis, has not translated entirely just yet, hitting 262 with a 299 on base and a 359 slug. So the OPS is 657. That's not all too exciting. Uh, he, he doesn't change leagues. It's still the international league, but maybe taking him a little bit of time to warm up and get used to being with a new club. You don't always know all the things that goes into that when you're traded from one team to another, still playing in the International League. But we'll see over the course of time what becomes of Cesar Prieto, who's still just 24 years old. Like I said, I don't know that necessarily he projects as a big league starter with the Cardinals. Could certainly vie for a bench opportunity if he ticks up offensively compared to where he's been of late. But Still a 260-some-odd batting average. I think he's not necessarily that far off from being able to recapture where he had been. But on the entire season, uh, not just looking at the small sample of what's happened since the Cardinals got a hold of him, he's got an OPS over 800 across all minor league levels, AA and AAA with both Baltimore and St. Louis. So Prieto, still a solid bat, can handle the bat, can play some second base. I think he can move around the diamond a little bit, but is not considered a plus fielder, a left-handed batter, right-handed thrower and is listed at second, short, third. I think in a pinch could end up playing in any of those given positions. We'll take a look with Memphis. He's mostly been a second baseman and a third baseman, splitting his time primarily between those two positions. The Cardinals uh, not putting him at shortstop at all during his time with AAA Memphis. But that's one of the other players that the Cardinals picked up in that deal that sent Jack Flaherty to Baltimore. And the other one was Zach Showalter. And he's honestly the one that I think might have the highest upside. And I know we've talked about these players before, but with 
kind of the update on what things are, are looking like right now for Jack Flaherty. Wanted to kind of give you the skinny on the players the Cardinals got back once more. Zach Showalter's been dealing with some injuries. I think he spent some time on the seven-day IL down there in Palm Beach. Uh, initially, was brought to Palm Beach. Has only made one appearance for the Cardinals at this point, pitching a scoreless inning in that opportunity with the low-A Palm Beach Cardinals. It appears Zach Showalter was activated from the seven-day injured list at low-A ball as of September 11th, which was eight days ago. I don't exactly know what their schedule has been. It doesn't look like he has made... Uh, but just one appearance. Not all that unusual, though, for a guy that's dealt with some injuries. He's 19 years old. I think you'll see a lot more progression from him over the 2024 and 2025 season. But like I had mentioned, what's interesting about him is that he was drafted out of high school, Wesley Chapel High School, over there on the Gulf Coast of Florida in the 11th round. And rather than go to honor a commitment, I think he was going to play at South Florida for collegiate baseball, if I'm not mistaken, on the college there. And instead of doing that, the Baltimore Orioles pay him a hefty signing bonus. He ends up signing with them, and that means he's got some upside. If you're going to take the opportunity to pay extra money to an 11th round pick, you're doing so to try and entice him to sign with your organization rather than honor his commitment to his collegiate um, national letter of intent or whatever the case might be there. So Zach Showalter ends up in the organization. Now he's with the Cardinals coming along slowly whether it's a major injury, minor injury, a lot of times when guys are that young, organizations are just going to treat them with the kid gloves. They're going to be very careful. So, like, I, I don't have the inside information on everything that's been going on with Showalter, the Cardinals uh, player development account, which is a great account to follow on Twitter, at CardsPlayerDev, if you like to keep up with things going on in all levels of the minors. They did tweet that the right-handed pitcher Showalter was activated from the IL, but not making too many appearances, just the one opportunity, one inning pitched, one strikeout, one walk, no runs allowed by Showalter, and the one chance that we've seen with him in the Cardinals organization. But all that being said, even if it ends up being just three lottery tickets, having an opportunity to find value on what you had in Jack Flaherty, it certainly poses as better value than what the Baltimore Orioles are getting out of him. Brandon Hyde saying that for tonight, Jack Flaherty available out of the bullpen. That was from Andy Koska, who covers the Baltimore Orioles, I believe, uh, mentioning that it's not a permanent move for Flaherty, but with how taxed the relievers are, Flaherty can offer length. So kind of equivocating a little bit on that. It's not necessarily going to be that for the remainder of the season, Flaherty's in the bullpen, but they kind of see how it looks. Uh, reading a tweet here from Jacob Calvin Meyer, who covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. He said, Jack Flaherty on his reaction when he learned that he'd be in the bullpen, quote, just give me the ball, see what happens. It's a good thing. If he wants to give you the ball in bigger spots like there, getting seven, eight, and to start the ninth inning there, that shows some trust. So Jack Flaherty, at least in what he said as a result of this move and this decision by the Baltimore Orioles, seems to be taking it in stride. I don't think I'd expect him to say anything different, but it's good to see that the uh, the, the attitude, the things he's saying, do appear to be in the right place. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I would love to see it pan out, and I'd love to see him ultimately make a postseason start for the Orioles. But right now, he seems to be toward the tail end of consideration within that rotation, and as a result, uh, was made available according to what the Orioles were looking to do in their game tonight against the Astros. And I guess I could go ahead and see for you guys if he did end up pitching out of the bullpen, and he did uh, with a couple of scoreless innings. So two strikeouts, three hits allowed by Jack Flaherty as a reliever tonight in that game between the Orioles and the Astros. And in fact, if I look and see exactly when he pitched, maybe he was credited with the win in this game, given the timing of when he came in. Uh, no, it looks like D.L. Hall got the win. But nevertheless, a couple of scoreless innings that he worked around some traffic 
a nice outing in relief for Jack Flaherty. We'll see if that earns him consideration back into the rotation. But what do you think, Cardinals fans? Let me know in the comments section below on YouTube. How do you feel about the Jack Flaherty trade now that we're about a month and a half, a little more than a month and a half after it took place? And Flaherty having some trouble with an ERA around seven now with Baltimore, whereas the Cardinals got three pieces. Yes, one of them, Drew Rahm, is a guy who hasn't done all too well at the big league level just yet, but he's young, has a potential future to be able to be molded in that Cardinals organization. You've got Prieto, take a flyer on just some organizational depth from an infield perspective. I think if called upon, he could serve as a serviceable bench bat for the Cardinals in 2024 and beyond. And then, of course, Zach Showalter is maybe the slow burn prospect that's going to take a little bit longer to see what he is capable of doing. But certainly exciting upside for a guy drafted in the 11th round. But the Orioles said, no, we are prioritizing him well above that because if he didn't have that collegiate commitment, he probably goes in the top few rounds of the MLB draft in 2022. Cardinals end up with him. It'll be interesting to see if he can get healthy, stay healthy, and make contributions. But let me know, Cardinals fans, how do you feel about the the knowledge that Jack Flaherty has struggled with the Orioles to the extent that he's been demoted to the bullpen, at least for the time being, although he did have a nice outing with a couple of scoreless innings on Tuesday. Yeah, get those comments into the YouTube section below and make sure you hit subscribe and like on this channel and video respectively. I do have some other topics that I'm planning for later in the week. Just be ready for Wednesday. I'm going to talk something pertaining to Adam Wainwright that you may or may not be expecting. Today it was discussed that Adam Wainwright will not pitch in San Diego over the weekend. That would have been his next scheduled turn to start, which I was not entirely surprised to hear after on Monday, they talked a lot about Adam Wainwright saying he's been held up by duct tape later on in this season, just trying to get and grit through and get that 200th win. Was able to do that on Monday. You can scroll back on your podcast feed or on the YouTube channel to check out that entire episode as we broke it down. Heard some audio from Wainwright, and uh, I, I believe Ollie Marmel might have gotten some audio in there as well from that podcast. Nevertheless, Wayno's 200th win kind of sets things up for the Cardinals to where they don't have to push him. This season is over. The Cardinals have officially been eliminated from playoff consideration. So at this point, does he really even need to pitch again at all? That's a conversation that's going to be saved, I think, for a little bit later on in the month. You do have that final series of the season, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st at Bush Stadium. It's basically Adam Wainwright weekend. What I'm wondering is, is he going to pitch at all in that weekend? Maybe it's just an inning to kind of give a nod to the fans one last time. Maybe that seven-inning shutout performance from Monday is the one you want to go out on as a pitcher, especially if you're dealing with a lot of physical limitations. To be able to get up for that mentally one more time, I think might be kind of a tough ask. Although there are people who would say, and I disagree with these people, but I went back and forth with some folks on Twitter where they say, oh, he's making $17 million. How could he possibly just give up on the season when he's this close to the end of it? I don't think those people necessarily have their mind frame in the right spot to understand all the things that Adam Wainwright has been through. There's a case to be made that a lot of times guys are struggling the way he's struggled. You just go on the injured list. And a lot of you same fans were calling for that at times late in this season to say, all right, this is a sideshow. We don't need to continue to see Adam Wainwright pitch. They're just trying to get to the, the record or to the milestone of 200 wins. He's being selfish to continue and all these things. Whereas I just didn't see any other reason not to give him the opportunity based on where the Cardinals were in the standings and what, Every fifth day, fans could have an opportunity to look forward to the chase for 200. That was really all there was left in this season of interest. All the mainstay players, it seems like, are getting hurt left and right. Alec Burleson was the latest fly to drop 
on Tuesday night as he breaks his thumb sliding into second base on a steal. Yeah, he fractured his thumb, and they announced it like one inning later. You didn't even get, like, the thumb contusion. He's day-to-day. We'll evaluate. No, they said, yeah, he fractured that sucker. Like, they're giving up on what's happening right now from a competitive standpoint, and why wouldn't they? The season's over. And I know that makes some fans upset, and they say, hey, he's getting paid. He should be grinding it out to the bitter end. Okay, if that's how you feel, whatever. I, I just don't have the emotional energy to argue with fans about that exact fact, but the way I look at it is he's given a lot to this organization, not only within this year, but his entire career as well, and he got to the milestone 200 wins. Everybody kind of knows the deal. In other circumstances, he probably would have been on the injured list. Does it make him a bad organization because they let him pitch through some aches and pains and some ailments and some different things in order to try to squeeze that 200th win out of him? No, because it was clear a month ago, six weeks ago, maybe even longer ago than that, that the Cardinals were toast. I mean, it's been more than six weeks since the trade deadline. They gave up at that point. So if there was any point after July 31st, August 1st, that you're looking at Adam Wainwright and saying, why is he still pitching? He's not giving the Cardinals the best chance to win. Okay, first of all, Drew Rahm has got a 6.9 ERA. He was the next man up. Who's the next next man up behind him to get opportunities to start? They've given opportunities to guys like Matthew Libertor, who has not succeeded in the rotation, and now he's trying to carve out a role in the bullpen for himself. Maybe that's something that can stick. I don't know if it's the best role for him, but if starting is not the thing that was they're going to get the most out of him, maybe that's something that they need to consider long-term. You do have to staff the bullpen with talented arms as well. Trading Randy or Rosarena for a reliever is not ideal, but again, talking about my emotional energy, I don't have the time to talk about that tonight either. We can get into that debate a little bit more in the offseason as we kind of look to carve out the roster for 2024 on the B-Shape Daily Podcast and pay attention to those things and, and where the Cardinals are kind of leaning with them. But nevertheless, right now, in this season that is just basically what it is and you've come to accept it, having Adam Wainwright try to get to 200 wins, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it does, it's not an indictment on the organization. It's a reflection of where they are in the standings. And I maintain that they probably wouldn't have allowed it to go on as long as it did with a guy who had an 8 ERA. Now it's like 7.4. But yeah, his ERA was in the 8s. And we're talking about August pushing September baseball. That doesn't happen for a contending team. But you can recognize that this wasn't one of those. And that it does matter to the, the legacy of Adam Wainwright to see if he can get to 200. Now that he's done it, I don't know that there is going to be that same, and you can say, oh, it makes him not a competitor. No, I don't think it does. I think you're underestimating how competitive he had to be just to get himself up for every fifth day during a season when he basically felt shot and didn't have the physical attributes necessary to get it done. Grit and guile have gotten Adam Wainwright to this point. Was it pretty? Hell no. The ERA is still over seven, and it was a bad year. But just because it was a rotten year doesn't mean it can't be a wonderful finish. And now that he's had that highlight moment on Monday, I don't know what there is left to prove for Adam Wainwright. And so if that's something that you feel maybe a certain way about, let me know in the YouTube comment section below how you identify with the situation. And it is something that we can further explore on on upcoming episodes when I've got a little bit more time to get into it. But for right now, my takeaway is, yeah, life's so short. Why be upset about something that can just be viewed for the positives that you can take out of it. And that's what Wainwright was able to do on Monday. Having his best performance of the season, why wouldn't you want to end it on a seven-inning, zero-run performance where you got your 200th win? I could think of a lot worse ways to go out. Maybe you want to pitch in front of the home fans the last weekend of the year. But what I do want to maybe get into a little bit Wednesday, this has been a very long tease at, at me getting toward this point. 
is wouldn't it be almost better if Adam Wainwright would get an opportunity to bat instead of pitch on that final weekend? Something he hasn't been able to do in recent years with the rule change to the universal DH. Is that something that Cardinals fans would be interested in? May do a video on that coming up on Wednesday. So stay tuned there for that. But I do want to make sure I mention the man, the myth, the legend himself before we get out of here tonight, Richie Palacios with his fifth home run of the season. It seems like all the hits that he does get end up leaving the yard. And that was the case tonight as he goes one for two with a home run, a couple of walks as well. So the on-base percentage still looking fly, 888 for the OPS. I don't know what kind of bat Richie Palacios is going to be. He's been an 888 OPS guy this season so far with the Cardinals in a pretty small sample with the five home runs. He could be a guy that only hits six or seven home runs in an entire season as a bench bat. Maybe his OPS is 728 instead of 888. But I think with what he brings defensively, that would be enough for me if he's my fifth outfielder. In my, I'm talking about my last guy on the bench. I think he brings a spark. I think he brings an edge, and I like the way that he plays. Is it lightning in a bottle? We'll continue to ha- have to evaluate that if you're the Cardinals. But again, when you look at the guys that would be in front of him on the depth chart, can they play the Richie Palacios role as well as Richie Palacios can play? I have questions about that as it pertains to guys like Tyler O'Neill, who almost would need to be an everyday player if you're going to justify his existence on this roster anymore. I don't know if that justification can be made. So that is an interesting conversation that we continue to delve into, I think, as we go into this offseason leading into the 2024 campaign for the Cardinals. But that's kind of all I had for tonight. Appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in to what I have to say, as always, about the St. Louis Cardinals. If you enjoy Cardinals content and you've just stumbled upon these videos and you haven't hit that subscribe button and taken the leap yet, I've got great news It's free to do so. Now, if you'd like to support my content on an additional level, there are super thanks and there's the Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12, where you get to to throw yourself on there and uh, sometimes you'll get some bonus content. It's been a little rough. If you missed yesterday's episode, haven't been doing a lot of stuff lately because of COVID running through my house. Uh, My wife and son got it relatively uh, good, got got the full experience of COVID over the past couple of weeks. So that's been going on and appreciate y'all who have stuck with me through that and are back listening to the content once again, even after a bit of a hiatus. But uh, it'll be a little bit before I can get the Patreon really up and going again the way that I want it to. But that's something that's out there. If you like to support this content, just think of it as an extension of what we do on YouTube and Be Shafe Daily. Nevertheless, thank you guys so much for listening as always. We'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.